Hello. Welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja. And I'm going to take a few moments here to respond to a few comments that I've read in response to one of my videos, which was about the critiques of postcolonial studies that I've read about or heard, especially from countries like Pakistan, India, and various other scholars from the post-colonies. And one of the viewers had some really interesting questions. First of all, why am I reluctant to respond to more complex questions in the comments is because it's absolutely impossible to do justice to any complicated questions in the comments. And two, most of the times these comments are prompted by what I have said or claimed in a video. But there is another self that exists of me, right? Masood Raja. It's not the guy who produces the video. It's the guy behind it who publishes, who teaches, who writes. And most of the times, the complexity of what I do in my published work is almost untranslatable to a video format. And so my hope always is that if you are going to ask me a question with which has to deal with the integrity of my profession itself or what I do, you will take the time to read my work. Secondly, when you watch a video, these videos are just a guide. They cannot exhaustively cover any topic. The hope is that you'll take a few thoughts from here and go and explore on your own. If you're going to pose me a question about post-colonial studies and the deep question about its very nature and practices, that question should come from some sort of a place of knowledge. It should come from, in a way, which says you've read a couple of things about post-colonial theory and post-colonial studies. But to going back to the question that was posed was, and this person um, they themselves are going through some sort of a crisis where they are trying to, you know, justify to themselves whether or not it's good or even uh, a positive thing to use the raw materials of their native country to build up their scholarship in the United States or wherever they are. And I believe that's a huge moral quandary. My answer is, personally, <laughs> you know, I live beyond this. I know that I have served people from all over the world, and I, I will continue to do so. I'm originally from Pakistan, and I don't need to be in Pakistan to serve students and scholars from Pakistan. The only thing that is absolutely necessary is that you have something to offer to your country of origin, your native country so that you stay in touch with with the people right and that you are not an apologist for all the wrongs of your native country but you at least represent that culture fairly and comp complicate the metropolitan debates so to answer the question how to resolve that quandary why can't people like me go to pakistan and teach there first of all i mean it's a question of pragmatics pakistanis don't want us the universities don't want us. The reason I'm here isn't for want of trying, right? They don't want us. And if we go there, they don't want us to do the kind of work we do over here, right? 
Similarly, a bigger problem is that we are not alone individuals living here, just making arbitrary decisions about where we will live. In my case, for example, I've been married for 17 years. My wife is an American. She's a scholar. There is no way I am going to uproot her from her life. She grew up here. This is the culture in which she works. This is where her family is. And there is no way I'm going to tell her for ideological reasons, I don't feel authentic. I need to go to Pakistan and drag her there, right? Because that will require her to make a huge transition in her life. That is not fair to her. Now, me being here is important, but I was already here. So these decisions are never our own individual decisions, right? There are people connected to our lives, right? There are people we are responsible for, our students, right, who are working with us. So yeah, ideologically, maybe it's like, feels like, oh, we are betraying Pakistan, not going back. But the reasons are that we are grounded wherever we live. We build our lives. So my thought is already planetary, right? I don't believe in national borders or things like that. I believe in humanity. So to answer that question, the way I justify it is that my work is not connected to Pakistan or India or no. I have connected my work to oppressed people anywhere in the world, here, elsewhere, wherever people are being silenced or are silenced, I write in solidarity with them. It doesn't have to be someone from Pakistan. It doesn't have to be someone from India or any other place. As long as I am speaking alongside the oppressed here and elsewhere, it gives meaning to my work, right? That's why I'm very comfortable with my choices. Now, down the road, if my wife says, hey, it's okay, let's go and teach in Pakistan for a couple of years, absolutely, I will do that if the Pakistanis will have me, right? And if they don't bring me there with a long list of things that I cannot say and do, okay. Another question uh, that, that the same viewer had asked me was that, I had mentioned in my video that the post-colonial scholars have transformed literary studies and have contributed in changing how literature is taught. And if I had any examples, well, I mean, before post-colonial studies, the only courses, let's say, on South Asia were offered in departments which, which had South Asian studies. Similarly, the only courses on African literature were offered in departments that had a component called the African literature. After post-colonial studies becomes an established subfield of English studies, every single department that has a post-colonialist has courses on South Asian literature, on African literature, on the literature of the Caribbean, and that automatically has, on a pragmatic level, altered just the kind of courses that are offered in literature departments. Beyond that, we have brought thought from Africa, from South Asia, from the Caribbean, scholars, philosophers, CLR James, right? People from Pakistan, Iqbal Ahmed, thought of, you know, uh, Paulo Freire, 
from, from South America, all of these people, their work, we have infused it in theory. We have infused it in the tools that our students use to write about things. That has altered how English studies is taught. That is the contribution of post-colonialism scholars. The greatest example of it is Edward Said. Okay, the most privileged life. He worked at Columbia, right? Think of it. One scholar with a range of scholarship that spans history, that spans three or four languages and a knowledge of Middle East. After he is done working, right, he transforms how comparative literature is taught. He changes how history is taught, how anthropology is done because of his work, right? And that is what the transformative impact of the work of post-colonialism scholars is. So my video in which I was talking about these thin critiques, those thin critiques come from a nationalistic point of view, from a point of view of maybe religious identity, cultural identity. And I get it. I know where it is coming from. I just disagree with it. It has become a trend now to imagine post-colonial studies as a certain thing and then just offer counters to it. Like, for example, people say, well, we do decolonial studies. We don't believe colonialism is over. And I always tell these people, bring me one scholar of post-colonial studies, one, who publishes that colonialism is over, that imperialism is over, or who even believes that post-colonialism means that we only study things after colonialism is over, or, or that it means that colonialism is over. None of us does that. It's a straw man argument. So to cut it short, I mean, here is my appeal to you. You watch a video, and if you have a question related to what I said, but which is not a deeply philosophical question, post it in the comments and I'll try to answer it. But if it's a conceptual question, then take that video and then go read deeply. Most of the times I add resources to the description of the videos. But my hope is that you will not come here for answers, right? That you will come here for introductions, for my tentative thoughts on different topics related to my field of study, which is post-colonialism. And even that is not a monolithic term. It depends on what you focus on within post-colonial studies. So take that knowledge, whatever it, it is useful for, but then build on it, right? Um, it serves me no purpose if you post a comment or two and try to tell me, first of all, that I'm wrong. Well, I know when I'm wrong. And two, I am here, okay? Telling me that somehow it is not meaningful doesn't serve any purpose. This is where I work, the United States of America. This is where I have built my life, right? It has not been at the cost of my contact, my contacts and my roots, right? I have stayed in touch with my roots. I have stayed in touch with my family, right? I don't need to make a choice of here or there. This choice is made for me because I've built a life here. I'm responsible for that life. I'm responsible to people I love, right? Any decisions that I make about changing this, 
will absolutely have to be decisions made in consultation with people I love, right? And in my case, that would be my wife. And, and so keep these in mind. We are all scholars here. We do meaningful work, but we are also human beings who have obligations, who have responsibilities, and who, just like anyone else in the world, is trying to live a life, a meaningful life, and who also have to make a living in this world. So these are all the, you know, the things, the, the, the minutiae of life that decides our life, right? But as long as serving our communities where we came from is concerned, as, you know, Walter Menvolo says, it is not where you live that matters. It is where you dwell that matters, right? And you can dwell at multiple places, right? You can live in America, but write about Pakistan write about India. You're not doing it because you're picking up Pakistani raw materials and selling it, so to speak, to the metropolitan audiences. No, because when you pick up Pakistani materials and work with them and write with them, you add new knowledge to existing knowledges. This is what Foucault would call the buried knowledge, right? You juxtapose it against the dominant knowledge, the dominant way of thinking. I think it is a really productive way of doing scholarly work. So these are some of my thoughts, right? The purpose is not to offend anyone. The purpose is to clarify where I stand on the issues of post-colonial studies and why do I have these stances, right? But I implore you, you know, when my next book comes out, I would have written four monographs. I have more than 20 articles that have been published and book chapters. My thought is interspersed throughout those articles and those books. It's pretty fairly connected one to the other, right? You can see the progression of my thought in there. If you really want to know what I'm about, right, read something that I have written, then talk about it. If you don't like it, go publish something, challenge it. I would love that, right? But first read what I've published carefully so that you do justice to it. So that's all. But I hope I did answer your question in terms of solving this moral dilemma of what to do when we live in metropolitan cultures and write about or native homes, or native cultures in native countries. For me, what works the best is that I mobilize my writing always in solidarity with those who are oppressed, those who are under oppression, those who are being silenced. And it doesn't matter where in the world they live, I will always be alongside them. And that keeps me going, that keeps me focused. Hope this helps. Thank you so much for all your support and all your good questions. I will now see you next time. Until then, as always, peace and love.